everybody, this is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast for Tuesday, November 19th, 2019, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and of course, every day, Monday through Friday, we're talking Penn State football here on the podcast, and this is, once again, a very big week. The game of the season is coming up at the end of this weekend. We're going to be talking about Penn State and Ohio State all week long. We'll dive into our first look at the Ohio State Buckeyes in today's episode. We'll also take a look at what to expect and what to look for in tonight's latest college football playoff rankings, see where Penn State's ranked, where Penn State compares to some of the other one-loss teams in the country, and we'll talk a little bit about the Alabama situation as well. But coming up in our first segment, we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about Pat Freemuth being snubbed by the Mackey Award, and is Michigan actually the second-best team in the Big Ten? If only there was a way to tell. Lots of stuff to get into in today's podcast, so make sure you're subscribing so you don't miss a single episode Monday through Friday. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Subscribe, rate, review. Not only do we appreciate the feedback, but it does help spread the word about this podcast in those various podcasting libraries. So any help that you can provide if you enjoy the show is much appreciated moving forward. We also want you to be a part of the show. So follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Give us a like, give us a follow, spread the word, retweets, shares, all that good stuff on those social media platforms. And we'll do some more stuff on Twitter and Facebook throughout the week as well. So with so much to get into in today's episode, let's go ahead and get started. Anyone who knows me in real life knows me to be a pretty positive person, always happy, always willing to have a smile on my face. And I'm also typically a morning person as well. So when I show up to work at 6 a.m. for our morning meetings, I'm usually one of the more chippier people in the room uh, at that early morning, even on a Monday. But I got to say, yesterday... I had one of those cases on the Mondays. It was just a bad morning for me all around. It had been up since 2.30 in the morning because the dog was wanting to go outside. I didn't get back to sleep. I ended up forgetting to put coffee in the coffee machine. So I ended up brewing a fresh hot pot of water. <laughs> so that was a little uh, frustrating for me. And then, of course, you know, just nothing seemed to go right. You know, you ever have one of those days or one of those mornings, it just seemed like nothing was going right. I really wasn't even feeling well either. So everything about my Monday was pretty stinky <laughs> from start to finish for the most part. But there was something to smile about because, you know, I found out that two of the radio stations in my area switched over to Christmas music. And I got to be honest. I will listen to the Christmas music before Thanksgiving once it comes on the radio. I don't typically go out of my way to listen to Christmas music on my own until after Thanksgiving. But if it's going to be on the radio, uh, you know, and I'm getting tired of some of the sports talk that's on there as my options, I'm going to listen to some Christmas music because, you know what, it puts me in a good mood. And I really needed it yesterday. So listening to some Christmas music on the way home kind of lifted my spirits a little bit. You know, I still had some rough hours ahead of me because I still was pretty tired. But uh, it was it was something to cheer me up a little bit. But once I got home, I started going through the emails and catching up on all the day's news that I missed when I was at the day job. And I see that the semifinalists for various awards were coming out. And I, I get all the press releases from the various awards. I get a chance to vote for a couple of the awards. One of the awards that had their semifinalists listed yesterday was the John Mackey Award for the best tight end of the country. And there was a couple notable omissions from the list, one of which was from Penn State. Of course, Pat Fryermuth, who 
inexplicably was not voted one of the top 10 semifinalists for the award. And I'm kind of wondering why, because he certainly is one of the best tight ends in the Big Ten. And I figure if you're one of the best tight ends in the Big Ten, you've got a pretty good shot to at least be a semifinalist for the award. I mean, he, he may not have the the receiving yards that some of these other tight ends have. He may not have the receptions per game average, but I mean, he's right in the same territory and he has seven touchdowns. He's a he, tremendous red zone threat for Penn State. And anybody that is missing that is truly missing one of the better tight ends in the country. And I feel like Penn State tight ends haven't really been getting enough recognition really since uh, the Bill O'Brien year, your years, I should say, uh, at Penn State because they have had some really good play at the tight end position. So granted, there have been some really good tight ends in some other programs around the Big Ten, so that kind of steals some of the shadows there. But uh, Pat Fryermuth absolutely should have been a semifinalist for the award this year. And, of course, the guy at Florida has been putting up some big numbers as well. So those were a couple big omissions, I thought, from the John Mackey Award. We also had the semifinalist for the Bolitnikoff Award. K.J. Hamler was probably going to have the best shot at it, but even he felt like kind of a long shot to make it to this far on the semifinals because there are some really good wide receivers out there this year. And one of the best wide receivers from Texas, Devin DeVerney, uh, didn't even get a, listed as a semifinals. A, a big omission for that one as well. So it's that time of year where the awards are starting to trim down from their watch lists that are you know, miles long in, in press release statement paper down to the quarterfinalists for some awards. And now, of course, the semifinalists. And now we're going to trim that down a little bit further to the finalists and then finally figure out who's going to win these awards uh, really within the next few weeks because the award show, I believe, is December 12th uh, down in, I think they do it in Atlanta now at the College Football Hall of Fame. They used to do it in Orlando, but I believe it's in Atlanta now. But, of course, uh, I believe that's coming up uh, December 12th. That's usually after the regular season ends. And, um, yeah, I guess, is that after the Army-Navy game? I, I don't know without looking at the calendar. Uh, but that's coming up soon. So you're going to start seeing some more press releases there. And it looks like fewer and fewer Penn State players are going to be in the running for any of those awards this year. Got to say, I was a little amused by one of the tweets that I saw coming around from the Big Ten Network raising the question of whether or not Michigan is the second best team in the Big Ten. Now, I will readily admit that Ohio State is the best team in the Big Ten. Could very well be the best team in the country. But Michigan as the second best team in the Big Ten? Well, let's talk about that. Obviously, that is a question that's going to raise a lot of eyebrows considering the fact that Michigan has uh, lost two games in Big Ten play, one of which was to Penn State. But they also got blown out by Wisconsin earlier in the year. But right now, is Michigan... The way that they're playing football, are they the second best team in the Big Ten? I'm going to say, yeah, they probably are. And that's what the question is really all about. And it's not about who has the second best season in the Big Ten. But if you look at the way the teams are playing as they currently are right now, Michigan's been on a pretty good roll. Let's give them props for that because, you know, they have been dominant with the defense. The offense has found their identity. It's not the identity that a lot of people were expecting them to have this season, but it works for them. They've been blowing out a couple teams. They blew out Notre Dame. They blew out Michigan State. And they played well against Penn State, too. <laughs> Don't forget, that second-half performance for Michigan in that uh, in that win for Penn State, that was actually a pretty impressive performance the way that the Wolverines came back and nearly tied it, if not for a drop pass in the end zone. Who knows what happens in that game? I get the sense that Michigan probably wins that game if they don't drop that ball in the end zone. But Michigan has been playing really well. And we look at Penn State, they have not been playing particularly well. 
defense has had a couple of really bad starts the last couple of games. The offense has been up and down, and they just continue to hit walls. So while the idea of asking the question, is Michigan the second best team in the Big Ten right now, it kind of seems ridiculous given the record, I don't think it really is. I think you can look at Michigan and say, hey, maybe this is right now the second best team in the Big Ten. We'll see. You know, this is going to be a big uh, test for Ohio State in the last game of the regular season in Ann Arbor. But of course, we'll worry about that game next week. We'll talk a little bit about that during our Big Ten preview next week. Speaking of which, we're going to bump up our Big Ten preview episode this week to tomorrow. So make sure you come back tomorrow. We'll run down everything going on in the Big Ten outside of the Penn State-Ohio State game. And, of course, we'll touch on that game as well. But that's everything that's coming up in tomorrow's episode. We're mixing things around this week because we have a crossover plan lined up with Kyle Lamb from uh, Locked on Buckeyes. Coming up, we're going to have some fun with that on Thursday. We're going to be recording those on Wednesday. We'll be sharing them with you guys on Thursday. So Big Ten Preview will be coming up tomorrow. So just a little bit of a schedule adjustment just so you know what's going on. All right, it is time to take our first look at the big, bad Ohio State Buckeyes. Number two team in the country in the polls, including the College Football Playoff poll as of the time of this recording. It very well could be changing tonight, but it probably won't. But Ohio State coming in with a 10-0 record to this home game against Penn State. And we all know the history of the last couple of meetings in this series. Penn State has failed to cross the finish line of pulling off a big win against Ohio State, which ultimately has led to Ohio State going on to play for the Big Ten Championship the last couple of years and ultimately winning the Big Ten Championship. And Penn State has had their best cracks at the Buckeyes the last couple of years than they've seen in a long time in back-to-back consecutive seasons. Penn State has had some really good teams the last couple of years, and they've had their chance to take down the Buckeyes, including two years ago when they had a big lead in Columbus before JT Barrett just put together a performance for the ages. He was absolutely incredible, especially in that fourth quarter in leading Ohio State to a big comeback against Penn State to stun them. And of course, last season was a similar story where Penn State does have an early lead and they just can't finish it off in that fourth quarter as Ohio State comes back with a a big win and leads them uh, to a a Rose Bowl championship at the end of the season. So it's been frustrating to see Penn State go up against Ohio State and have chances to close the door on them and not be able to do that. Ohio State just has so much talent at so many positions that creates so many problems for Penn State the last couple years. As good as Penn State has been, Ohio State has just been that much better because they have just a little bit more talent at a lot of the positions, and ultimately that's going to make a difference. Coming into this season, they are a big favorite here against Penn State. The line that opened up, I saw, was minus 19.5 in favor of the Buckeyes. And again, it goes back to just how much talent Ohio State has and how well that talent is performing this season. This season started off with some questions for Ohio State. The brand new head coach, of course, with Ryan Day taking over as the full-time head coach following the retirement of Urban Meyer. Ryan Day did get a chance to coach as the interim coach for a few games last season, went 3-0. But now it's his program, and the big question was, is there going to be any kind of a transition for this team? Especially with a new quarterback, Justin Fields, coming up from Georgia after one season out of high school, transferring to Ohio State. It wasn't announced that he was going to be the starter, although it certainly was assumed he was going to be the starter, which ended up leaving, uh, forcing Tate Martell to transfer down to Miami, 
where he started playing wide receiver or tried playing wide receiver. As we reported yesterday on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk, uh, he is now focusing on quarterback for the future. But that's another story entirely. The bottom line is Justin Fields came in as one of the very talented quarterbacks coming out of high school. There was a lot of talent to be had there. And if you look at the way that Ryan Day and Ohio State's quarterbacks have performed the last couple of years, I thought that Justin Fields was going to slide in there with as smooth a transition as possibly could be. And he did not waste any time getting off and scoring. Season opener against Florida Atlantic, he's driving Ohio State down for touchdowns after touchdown after touchdown as they go on to win 45-21, to get the number five Buckeyes off to the right foot for the season with a 1-0 victory. Then the following week, or the following game, they're hosting Cincinnati, one of the top teams in the group of five, still very much in the running for the New Year's Six Bowl game right now. Uh, they've got a chance to clinch their division this week against Temple. Uh, but Cincinnati was no match for Ohio State. Ohio State with a 42 to nothing victory as another blowout victory goes Ohio State's way. That's followed by a Big Ten Open in Indiana, 51-10 victory. Of course, if you're looking to compare uh, where Penn State stands, we just saw what Penn State did against Indiana, and Ohio State beat them by 41 in Bloomington. No problems for the Buckeyes through three games. Certainly no problem against Miami of Ohio. Although, interesting side note, Miami, Ohio had a 5-0 lead on Ohio State in this game, and they lost 76-5. Okay, that's all you need to know. This Ohio State offense is explosive, and once they get going, it is very difficult to slow them down. So Ohio State goes on the road to Nebraska, and this is Nebraska's big opportunity to make a statement here and at least show how competitive they're going to be under Scott Frost. Ohio State was having none of it. They leave Lincoln with a 48-7 victory. They continue to be undefeated. Go back into Big Ten play at home. Where I'm sorry, stay in Big Ten play at home. And they uh, welcome number 25, Michigan State. Michigan State's already kind of uh, starting to struggle a little bit. And they struggle even more with a 34-10 loss at Ohio State as the Buckeyes just continue to roll. Then Ohio State goes on the road to Evanston North uh, to play Northwestern. And this is supposedly a rematch of the Big Ten Championship game from last year. It was anything but. Ohio State just obliterates a bad Northwestern team, a bad and injured Northwestern team, 52-3. to Yet another blowout for Ohio State. And then that sets the stage for the big matchup at home against Wisconsin. Now, they lost a little bit of steam because Wisconsin had lost the week before to Illinois. But with this Wisconsin team was still the team that demolished Michigan and was looking to be the biggest threat to Ohio State, at least to that point in the season. Well, what happens? The same thing that has happened to everybody. Wisconsin gets ambushed. They, they're competitive early. They make a little bit of a splash out of halftime, I believe it was. But they ultimately go home with a 38-7 to loss to Ohio State. Then Ohio State hits the easiest part of their schedule. <laughs> they get a home game against Maryland, a 73-14 victory. Let me say that again. 73-14. That's the second time they had scored 70 points in a game this season. And then last week, they go to Rutgers, and they win 56-21. But they did give up three touchdowns to Rutgers. That's the big headline here, right? <laughs> so Penn State's got a chance, right? Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> again, this Ohio State team is just loaded everywhere you look. I already mentioned Justin Fields. Got to mention the best running back in the Big Ten, and that's J.K. Dobbins. He's already over 1,200 yards this season, already has 13 touchdowns, and he showed just how talented he is in that showcase game against Wisconsin, which, of course, has Jonathan Taylor. So J.K. Dobbins completely outmanned him, (laughs) outperformed one of the best running backs in the country in Jonathan Taylor. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is the real deal. He is so 
much a feature back here for high state and he can hurt you a number of different ways and he's probably going to so Justin Fields has been having a pretty good first season with Ohio State. Chris Olave, the wide receiver, has been making a lot of plays for him. Uh, 593 receiving yards, nine touchdowns this season. So he's going to be hitting 10 touchdowns very soon, probably this week against Penn State or certainly next week against Michigan. He's going to get to 10 uh, touchdowns for sure. But he's been a, a really good wide receiver for Ohio State. Of course, the big story here is going to be the return of Chase Young, the defensive end who has been suspended for a accepting money to allow his girlfriend to pay, uh, buy a trip out to see him play in the Rose Bowl. He served a two-game suspension ultimately and when all was said and done against uh, Maryland and Rutgers. He will be returning this week against Penn State. And whether or not he was going to be there was uh, not going to really matter because Ohio State's defensive line is still going to be very good. Of course, coached by former Penn State assistant Larry Johnson, who continues to be doing so much good work with defensive linemen. And Ohio State's been getting a whole bunch of them throughout the years, certainly since Urban Meyer had taken over and brought Larry Johnson over to the program. But Chase Young is a monster. He is one of the best players in the country. And a lot of people are saying he could potentially be one of the top draft picks uh, coming out in the NFL draft. And he's certainly going to be one of the top defensive ends in the country. So this is going to be a big matchup problem for a Penn State offensive line that still has some work to do. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I still think there's some room for improvement. Uh, Chase Young just continues to be a uh, the latest in a long line of defensive linemen that are going to give Penn State's offensive line some serious nightmares going into the week and coming out of the week. All right, so that's our first overview of Ohio State up to this point in the season. We are going to be talking more about Ohio State. We'll get some more information from Kyle Lamb in an upcoming crossover episode. But coming up next, we're going to talk about the college football playoff rankings. Their latest batch are going to be released tonight. Where is Penn State going to be? Where should you expect to see them? And what else should you be paying attention to? We'll talk about in the next segment. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Are you listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Later tonight, the College Football Playoff Selection Committee will release their third batch of rankings this season, and there are going to be some more big questions that are going to have to be answered. First and foremost, for purposes of this podcast, we'll be curious to see where Penn State is going to be ranked. Now, as we saw last week, after they're suffering their first loss to Minnesota, they fell from number four down to number nine. I thought it was a pretty harsh drop for Penn State. Uh, Minnesota did jump up from 17 to number eight, which I thought was appropriate to see them make a big jump forward because I thought that they were underranked last week. But I thought the committee was waiting to see what they did against Penn State. And once they got the win against Penn State, they were going to move them up. I still thought Minnesota could have been moved up a few more spots given that they were undefeated. But, of course, this week's going to be different because Minnesota just lost. Uh, we'll see where that impacts them moving forward. I don't think that Penn State is going to be tied to Minnesota, even though they're going to have identical records at uh, records of 9-1. and one. Minnesota is going to have that head-to-head -head victory against Penn State, but the assortment of quality wins that Penn State has is going to help counterbalance that. So Penn State should absolutely be moving ahead of Minnesota given the way that this selection committee likes to work. I don't necessarily say that I would do that. However, I did this week in the Super 16 poll, so I guess I would say I would do that. But uh, the bottom line here is there. I, I wouldn't be surprised 
if Minnesota stayed ahead of Penn State. But given where they are right now, since they were 8-9 and nine last week, I don't see how that's going to be possible. I think Minnesota is going to be taking a drop probably more spots than they probably deserve after their loss at Iowa. But I think that Penn State will certainly take advantage of that, moving up at least one spot. So the question is, how far can Penn State move up? It's going to be very interesting because Penn State at 9-1 is going to have the same record as uh, Georgia, who's 9-1. Alabama is 9-1. We'll get to Alabama in a second here. Oregon and Utah are both 9-1. Like I said, Minnesota is 9-1. Oklahoma is 9-1, and they're coming off a big win on the road against Baylor. So I would not be surprised if we see Oklahoma make a jump past Penn State as both teams move up. They're both going to take advantage of Minnesota losing this weekend. I think Oklahoma could actually pass Penn State, even though Penn State has more quality wins on their record than Oklahoma does. So that would be something just to keep an eye on moving forward. So let me go back to Alabama. The big question, the big discussion seems to be what happens with Alabama in the playoff picture now that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be out for the season. If you're living under a rock, Alabama's star quarterback is out for the season, had a hip injury, severe hip injury in their win against Mississippi State. And Alabama was number five last week after losing to LSU. Uh, still firmly in that playoff hunt. It's actually not a bad spot to be in, but I still thought that even if Alabama wins out, they're probably still going to need a little bit of help, just given some of the other teams that are out there in the running right now. Now, as I said on Monday on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk, I don't think the injury to Tiger Valilla is going to dramatically impact Alabama's playoff shots as much as people seem to be thinking. Yes, it stinks not having your star quarterback available for the rest of the season for games that you're still probably supposed to win anyway. Biggest challenge is going to be winning the Iron Bowl at Auburn, but Alabama still has a ridiculous amount of talent on that roster that they should be able to win that game. They should at least be favored in that game, I should say, moving into the last game of the regular season. So Alabama is still in very good position to potentially end the season with an 11-1 record. Problem is, I still think even at that point, they were still going to need some help from around the country because you still have a chance that Ohio State's going to go undefeated. And if they don't, then Penn State's got a chance to go 12-1 and and win the Big Ten Championship, in which case Penn State would be in a much better spot than Alabama because they also have a whole bunch of quality wins that Alabama doesn't have right now. Clemson, of course, is not going to lose a game. LSU is sitting there at number one. Georgia is at number four. We know that one of those two teams has to lose, but the problem is if Georgia is the team that beats LSU in the SEC title game, both LSU and Georgia deserve a spot in the playoff before Alabama, even with one loss, because LSU has the head-to-head victory. Georgia would have the victory against LSU and the SEC title. Both those teams could actually make the playoff in that situation, uh, which would be bad news for Alabama. And then, of course, you have the the whole Pac-12 conversation going on. If Oregon and Utah end the season with one loss and playing in the Pac-12 championship, I would take the winner of that game ahead of Alabama, even if Tua was healthy. So Alabama is going to need some help. doesn't mean that they won't get it, but I think they're going to need a lot of help <laughs> the way that this is all shaping up here uh, for Alabama. So I think Alabama is probably looking at missing their first college football playoff. Now, they're sitting at number five now. Let's see what the committee does in reaction to this injury to Tango Velo. Because if they drop Alabama a couple spots, that's going to suggest that they don't think as much of Alabama. They should because there's still a ridiculous amount of talent there, and there's still a really good team even without Tua. But that's going to be the big question, I think, nationally tonight with regard to the latest college football playoff rankings. So the three things I want to know. First of all, where does Penn State go? Does Penn State have a chance of moving ahead of either of those Pac-12 teams? 
that's something I would keep an eye on. I don't think they're going to pass Oregon. Oregon seems to have a lot of respect right now. But I started looking for the top 25 wins that Oregon and Utah have, and I'm not really finding them. <laughs> if you know I me, mean? if you look at the the current rankings, neither of those teams has a win against a top 25 team at this point in the season. So that's just something to throw out there because Penn State does. Penn State's got the win against Michigan at number 15. They've got the win against Iowa at number 20. None of the other teams that they've beaten are currently ranked in the top 25. I'd be curious if Pittsburgh sneaks in there. They didn't in the AP or the coaches poll, but they did start getting some votes. Uh, but that would be a team to keep an eye on. I don't think Indiana is going to be there if they weren't already because they certainly just lost. So that doesn't help. But ultimately, this all comes down to what Penn State's going to do this weekend. So whatever the rankings are tonight, they don't really matter. It certainly doesn't matter if Penn State doesn't win this week. That's the big thing this season all boils down to, what you do against Ohio State. As I've explained, if Penn State can go into Ohio State's campus and leave Ohio Stadium with a victory, they're not going to lose the Rutgers. They're going to play for the Big Ten Championship against Wisconsin or maybe maybe get revenge against Minnesota. There's a still very good possibility that Penn State makes a leap into the top four if they can beat Ohio State. That, there's no question about in my mind that if they can beat Ohio State, they'll be in the top four again next week. I'm going to end this episode with a mailbag question. This one comes from Corey, who wants to know, who do you think is Penn State's most underrated player this year? And I took some time to think about this because I wasn't really sure. And I'm going to go with linebacker Jan Johnson. Um, I don't know if that's the greatest answer, but I feel like with all the players that get some of the attention on that defense, I feel like he's one of the guys that's there, not necessarily flying under the radar, but doesn't get the kind of uh, credit that a lot of these other players are. And, you know, there are some really good players on this defense. But I think if you look at Jan Johnson, he's always going to be involved in the play. You're going to hear his name throughout a broadcast. He's always going to be around the ball. Just like a, a standard, typical Penn State linebacker, he knows how to track down the ball. And he's going to be able to there to be there around the tackle when it's happening. So uh, I would say that he's probably one of the more underrated players. More so just because of all the attention that some of these guys on the defensive line are getting. Micah Parsons, of course, is a, a big star on in the making at the Penn State uh, on the Penn State defense so I would say that Jan Johnson's probably the most underrated guy that gets uh gets some credit but probably deserves a little bit more moving forward at least that's what I take let me know what you guys think who is Penn State's most underrated player that's a really good question and maybe we can discuss that in a future podcast as well so tweet us your answers by following us on Twitter at locked on Nittany and reply to this question who do you think is Penn State's most underrated player this season and that's going to do it for me in this episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the, today's episode of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so happy that you're enjoying these shows, and I want to make sure you come, come back for more and share them with your friends and family. Best way to do that is to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app, such as iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can also tell Alexa to play the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on TuneIn. Trust me, it'll work. And now I think my parents are actually going to listen to the podcast every now and then in the living room or in the kitchen or maybe in the basement. I don't know where they've got the Alexa these days, but I know that they can listen to me talking some Penn State football anytime they want. That's probably the only way they will, if I'm being honest. Anyway, you can do that. And also make sure you leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate the feedback. We want to know what we're doing right, what we can do better moving forward. Because ultimately, we want this to be something that you come back to and share with your friends and family. So leave a rating, leave a review. It also helps with our placement on those various podcasting platforms. So if you want to help the show grow a little bit and spread the word, that would be much appreciated. 
You can also stay connected with the show on Twitter by following us at Locked On Nittany and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany. I know I'm throwing a lot at you guys, but I want to stay as connected with you guys as possible. So we want to make sure you're aware of all the different ways you can stay up to date with the podcast moving forward. Speaking of which, as I mentioned earlier, in tomorrow's episode, we are going to do our Big Ten weekend preview. We're bumping it up a day this week on the schedule to make some room for some crossover episode action that we've got in the works that it's going to be pretty fun on Thursday. But tomorrow, Wednesday show, will be our Big Ten weekend preview. A little bit earlier than usual, but still lots of good stuff to get into as far as Penn State, Ohio State is concerned and everything else going on around the Big Ten. Some good storylines to follow around the conference, so we'll make sure we're touching on that as well. And that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. You can follow my national coverage on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk and check out my game previews and more on AthlonSports.com. I do have a post about this upcoming game between Penn State and Ohio State. I will share that with you guys once it goes live on Athlon Sports. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. And until tomorrow, guys, have a great Tuesday. Let's get through another day on the work week and get ready for the weekend. It's never too early to start looking at it. And go ahead and uh, listen to some Christmas music. It might lift your spirits a little bit. All right, guys. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Until tomorrow, have a great day. I'll see you then.